Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. What is going on, everybody? Rick Uccino, SP3, here for another edition of the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Apologies, we're not live today like we typically are at 2.15 on a Tuesday, but I got some things going on. I got some driving to do today, but we weren't going to call this show off because, damn it, man, there's just too much to talk about. Uh, We got some uh, more WWE returns that are on the horizon, according to reports, including names like Edge and Beth Phoenix and Chelsea Green. Johnny Gargano is injured, but he could be back sooner rather than later. Mercedes Money is money for New Japan Pro Wrestling. A popular faction could be coming back. We have a new TNT champion. And, oh, yeah, by the way, Vince McMahon's back in WWE, and all hell is about to break loose. And really the only person who's happy about this that is not a WWE stockholder right now is the man over to my right, my left, whatever it is, SP3, because he is an agent of chaos, and he hates all things that are good, apparently. SP3, uh, the only one who was happy reading that Vince McMahon had strong-armed his way back onto the board, and what we all know that this is going to mean moving forward uh, for WWE. SP3, what do you have to say for yourself, you savage? Yes, a secret, ladies and gentlemen. I'm actually a WWE stockholder too. So that's another reason why I'm, <laughs> I'm a WWE stockholder. I, I was not privy to, some, to that information, by the way. I was not I, privy to that information. I sleep next to someone who works at the company. And um, what a lot of people don't realize is that the people that are kind of legacies in WWE haven't been really liking Triple H in charge. Um, and three, I'm also an agent of chaos. So all of those, and four, I'm a content creator. All of those things combined, Bissick Man returning is like the best news ever. That's how I wanted to start off 2023. Well, I was going to sit here and say, if we thought 2022 was nuts, uh, well, we're, we're a week in, uh, a little over a week in, and, and uh, the wrestling news has already been pouring in. Uh, left and right. Before we dive into everything here, got to thank our friends over at Bet Online. We would not be here without them right now. Basketball's in full swing. NFL playoffs start this week. If you're in the state of Ohio like I am right now, sports betting is finally legalized, and Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this entire year. Get the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, game trends uh, for everything from the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, baseball. When that gets underway, golf. You got pro wrestling on there as well head to betonline.ag to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit just make sure to use our promo code believe to get those rewards that is b-l-e-a-v bet online where the game starts and we will start with a new report out from the wrestling observer today sp3 you say some people aren't happy with triple h a lot of people were happy with triple h morale in wwe has been the best it's been in 10 years since uh, vince mcmahon has left And understandably so, Wrestling Observer is reported today that that morale has taken a bit of a hit because you have a lot of people inside of WWE now who are concerned with Vince McMahon back on the board. Uh, Noting one of my big concerns with this move is whether or not 
whether or not Vince McMahon is back to facilitate a sale or what I believe is to actually be the case. He'll sniff around for a sale. Uh, he won't actually come to terms on an agreement and then he'll just do whatever the hell he wants because once again, he holds all of the cards now in WWE. He'll just take over and go back to you know, whatever he was doing. Mass layoffs are, are obviously on the table with this. Whether it is Vince McMahon getting back in control and he wants to do his you know, cost-cutting, fat-trimming ways that we saw heading into uh, the summer of last year or they are going to facilitate a sale. They're going to trim the fat down for that sale or the new owners are going to come in and they're going to trim some fat down. Uh, this is one of my big fears is the fact that whichever way you slice it, it does not look good. If you are an employee of WWE right now, unless you're like a handful of people, um, you, you, you're a little bit worried today. SP three. Not at all. I'm not worried at all. Um, I think that, this is something that the potential sale of WWE is something that they've been preparing for ever since the pandemic. Honestly, I think that's the whole reason we got those mass cuts in 2020 and 2021. I think that this has been something that has been in the running for a long time. But I also think it's something that basically is not going to 100 percent go through with. I think it's the greatest Trojan horse he could have possibly thought of to get himself back in. And he had the company by the balls when he said he wasn't going to approve their media rights deal. The media rights is the the lifeblood of WWE. And as far as the the morale taking a hit, as many uh, fear layoffs, I mean, I'll be honest here. And I know some people are going to be upset because, oh, and I know, you know, the hit rows of the world and carrying crosses and Dexter Loomis's of the world uh, fans, you know, you guys are so, so, so happy that they got jobs back. But when you hire back 30 people that got laid off and only two you actually had plans for and you actually are getting dividends for paying the money to get them back to the company. That means you didn't do a good job of hiring people back. That you maybe should have been a little bit more selective. Like they, they, a lot of people are like saying, "Oh, many fearing layoffs of people on the roster," but are ignoring the fact that just a couple of weeks ago we got reports that Triple H was underwhelmed or felt that some people were underperforming. Well, maybe he shouldn't have hired back thirty people. Maybe he should have just because when you look at it, when you really look at everything. I think everybody's just like, oh, we get more wrestling and Raw and SmackDown has been, you know, better overall product. So, no, we don't want this man back. But you are ignoring the fact of the eras of Triple H's ways, even if it's only been five, six, five, six months. He has done way better with the people that were already there than he did with the people that he signed back. So I, although, you know, I feel bad, I'd never want to see anyone lose a job. I'm also in that point where I'm like, "Mm, yeah, maybe there is a couple of people that to make this company look a little bit more appealing. If there is, if they are serious about making a sale, if they are serious about Vince being back for that reason, then yeah, layoffs are just a part of that. That's just how it goes with any sale of any company. You're either going to get the layoffs and the cuts before the sale is made, or you're going to get it after the sale is made, no matter what. It's it, that's what that's the nature of the business. Now, same. I'm 100% with you on this one, by the way. I think Vince, you, you, 
give me all the reports you want that Vince is going to facilitate a sale. They they hired uh, J.P. Morgan Chase to to come in and and work uh, out a deal and explore a potential sale. We've got names that have either been uh, reported as interested or speculated as interested. You know, heavy hitters like Comcast and Fox and Disney and Apple and Amazon and and Warner. That one would be interesting, wouldn't it? Netflix, uh, Paramount, Saudi, the, the Saudi Arabian government uh, is interested in, in WWE. And I think that would ultimately be the worst case scenario for a lot of obvious reasons. Um, mostly because they wouldn't be able to get a TV rights deal. They couldn't even get live, the live golf tour on TV in the United States. So I don't know how that one's going to work out. But look, I think the only way that this sale goes down is if whichever buyer is willing to cave and let Vince McMahon remain in control of the company to be the chairman of the board, to be the head of creative, whatever it is that he wants to do, he wants to be involved in some way, shape, or form. This dude, whatever he has been doing for the last six months, has not been happy with it. He has not been happy with retirement. He has not been happy with candlelight dinners and Mai Tais and golf or whatever the fuck it is that he has been doing in his spare time. He ain't been happy with it. Otherwise, he wouldn't be pushing for this backdoor way into the company. He would not have strong-armed his way back Amid investigations and new reports and different stuff that's going to be coming out, we we saw the reports that came out with the Wall Street Journal where he said, hey, look, I'm, I'm coming back. I want to help facilitate this sale. This is what's going to happen. The board of directors was like, nah, we don't think that's a good idea. And then Vince is like, oh, no, 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 no. You misunderstood what I said. I'm coming back. Otherwise, I'm not going to sign off on a any deal, whether it's TV, media rights, a sale of the company to another entity altogether, because I still hold 80% of the voting shares, and this was always going to be an option. He was never going to go away. And even in December, we got that report of, I, I, of Vince McMahon saying that he didn't he felt like he took bad advice, like he didn't need to to step away, that all of this would have blown over. Now, granted, he's opening himself up for a huge can of worms by by coming back. And there's a lot of legal matters that I don't I, I don't even want to begin to get into because I'm not an expert on any of that. But I'm there is no way in hell that I believe that this is Vince McMahon coming in here and saying, I want to sell the company. It's time to move on. I'm happy in my retirement. I just want to get the most bang for my buck. I don't believe that for one damn instance. This is a man who regretted walking away, saw his opening to get back in, and now he can do whatever the hell he wants to do. I don't care if you how much research you claim to have done to sit here and say, oh, well, Vince can't name himself the head of create. The fuck he can't. This man holds all the cards. He can do whatever he wants. And I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for the one week, the one week where ratings dip a little bit or the, the one week where Triple H makes a, a, a booking decision that he ultimately doesn't agree with. Maybe puts the WWE championship on somebody like a Bray Wyatt uh, or, or something like that. Uh, any excuse whatsoever. And all of a sudden, Vince McMahon and his, I like the team we got in place. I'm going to leave them alone. I, they have all my faith. Bullshit. I, I don't trust this man, SP3. I don't trust the word that comes out of his mouth. I don't trust anything that he has planned. To me, this sounds like, oh, we're going to sell the company. This is my foot back in the door. Where The only thing that makes me think different is I do agree with you. Because if you look at the timeline of this, 
they have been setting up for a sale for a long, long time now. That's the only reason the mass budget layoffs made any sense whatsoever when this company was making more money than they have ever made in their entire lives. They, the, the life of the company, I mean, obviously, but like they were making money, but yet they were cutting 40, 50, hundreds of people citing budgetary reasons. And if you look at the timeline, Vince has only been gone for six months. If they were going to start negotiating a sale right around now would have been the time they would have been doing it anyway. That's the only thing that makes me feel like, okay, yes, the plan was always to sell at this point in time, but if they can't get a deal done, do I really sit here and expect Vince to negotiate a media rights deal, pat himself on the back and say, good job. I'm going to go back to the golf course or I'm going to go back to the gym. Hell no. Hell no. If they don't sell, the future of this company has Vince McMahon in charge of it. Make no mistake about it. Yeah, I think, I think people are very, um, very uh, delusional if they believe that Vince McMahon <laughs> is just going to start. He is going to stop here. Let the buck stop here. Or just because a document says he can't just, um, you know, uh, assume a position or reassume a position that he previously had. This man has 80%, 80% majority voting power. That means that he went out of his way to change company bylaws to yep. get himself back on the board. And don't think it's a coincidence that with him, he didn't just name himself back on the board. He named the former co-presidents of this company, George Barrios and Michelle Wilson, that may I remind you, he fired in 2019 to hire Nick Khan. Like, oh, it's just like, it, it's it's so foolish to believe that this is going to be it. That That's it. That's all it's going to be. And it's foolish to believe that Vince is going to, one, just sell the company outright. And two, he's going to sell the company without looking to make any type of, you know, bylaw or little, little note that he stays in power if he does, if he does sell the company. I think that is what he's looking for, because if it was just, you know, he wouldn't approve of the sale then cool like you you didn't even hit, really hit to bring them back unless you're really trying to sell the company unless the company yeah. really tries to sell it but he he vice grip he grabbed them by the ball and then twisted when he added in the media rights deal because the media rights deal that's their money that's the why, reason why they've been making record profit after record profit after record profit ever since 2019 when they made the deal with fox and nbc universal like he would not even bring that up if he didn't just want to strong arm his way into the company and that's why i said it's the biggest dick on the table moment in wrestling history like it's five months it literally was just five months five months went by before this man was able to finagle his way back in and you are literally ignoring 50 years of evidence if you think it just stops here this is a man that didn't let the law and and the and the you know the uh the authorities the the police uh, stop him from paying paying them off to get one of his employees off of murder back in 1983 this is the same man that walked into a courtroom when everyone in their mama including the entire court of public opinion said that he was guilty he 
walked in with a fake neck brace and got off all the charges for steroids. How dare y'all forget all that he has bypassed, all that he has overcome, and y'all are the same people that thought you would never see Vince McMahon again when he wrote out that retirement tweet. You thought it was all over there. You thought it was smooth sailing from here. Triple H is in charge. Oh, good times ahead. WWE, I can now be a proud WWE fan, and y'all look like freaking idiots. Y'all have egg on your face to start off 2023. Yeah, I look, I always thought this was a possibility. Did I think it would happen this soon? No, but am I surprised that it's happening this soon? Not at all. Um, I don't for a second SP3 think that this that that a sale is is going to go down. I will say though, um, some of the options that have been presented are fairly interesting. And if I am WWE and I'm 100 percent serious about a sale, I'm looking at a few of these and I'm going, you know, you look at a company like Disney. I think Disney makes a shit ton of sense uh, for for uh, for WWE to sell to just in the simple fact that Disney owns so many of the big time media companies already. You could facilitate a media rights deal and a sale in one with Disney. Could you imagine a world? And I and and you know somebody tried to lay this out on on Twitter earlier, and I forget who it was, and I really got to start writing these things down. But they said, "Hey, what about ESPN for Monday Night Raw?" And I'm like, "Well, getting rid of a Monday of, of Monday Night Football would be a choice, but they run Monday Night Football on like three of their different networks. You could get rid of the the Manning cast if you want and run Monday Night Raw on on ESPN too, or you could put it on ABC." You want to know part of the reason why Fox gets the numbers that they are, they do for SmackDown is because Fox is in every home in America. So is ABC. You could put Monday Night Raw on ABC at 8 o'clock in every home in America and your ratings would jump from 1.5, 1.6 to over 2 million probably just by the simple fact of going from the USA Network over to ABC. They got ESPN as well. You could work out a deal with them as far as you know, getting more coverage for the product there. I think a move like Disney makes a ton of sense. Maybe more than an Amazon or an Apple because are you going to take WWE off of a TV channel like Fox and put it onto a streaming service that not everybody has. It's an interesting idea where you're going with. I think Disney does make a ton of sense out of the options that are here. Do I think it happens? Hell no, I don't. I don't think that it is a good option based on what you're saying, because I'm pretty sure whatever ABC runs at 8 p.m. Eastern time draws more than Monday Night Raw. And you can't even say, oh, because they're going to be on the network, it's going to be more because that's what Fox thought in 2019 and why they paid them so much money. And evidently, we we all know and we've been hearing the reports that Fox probably won't offer the WWE the same amount of money because the the ratings that they thought they would draw on Fox did not translate into that. They huh. were they kind of tapped out at 2.5 million. So that's not a good move on their if part. There's a way, the ESPN, the ESPN, the ESPN two, that might be something to to go by, but it all of that 
doesn't doesn't really translate the way that I, I think you're thinking that it does because as it as it has been proven by SmackDown, that wrestling does not draw what they thought they were going to draw on network television. There's there's two different ways to look at that. There's two different ways to look at that. You can sit there and go, we expected four million for an episode, and we're only getting uh, upwards of two point six, like or two point eight when John Cena's there. Or there's a way to look at it and go. We still have the highest rated wrestling show in all of the world. More people watch this than any other wrestling show that is out there right now. And that's a way that WWE will try to spin it. Guarantee you that's the way WWE is going to try to spin it. But that's uh, like that's like having that's like being the smartest, the smartest kid in summer school. I mean, I'm sorry. That's not that's having the highest rated wrestling show. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything at all. If if we heard reports of Disney actively looking for live sports outside of the NFL, then we would have something to go by and be like, okay, yeah, maybe a move to ABC would be beneficial for Disney. But we have not heard any of that. They already are under the ownership. They already have, you know, uh, uh, they have the NFL. The ESPN runs with NBA. They have all the bi the biggest sports entities out there. They're not looking for it. I think a lot of the other options are more lucrative and are stuff that are looking for something like live sports, like something like Netflix. I thought was very interesting because they're on the downside and they desperately need a live sports entity to bring back up subscriptions, and that would be very interesting, especially for something like uh like an NXT. Which which desperately does not need to be on cable television. It needs to be on a subscription service. So bringing that to Netflix might be something interesting. If Netflix, you know, it opens up and gets a TV network, then you could do something like that. That's an interesting one. Amazon is a is another interesting one. Endeavor, since they already have UFC, that is very interesting. Disney, I think that a lot of people online are getting excited about it. I saw all the memes of I'm the tribal chief, and this is just you're no watching disney channel and that's all fun and great and it, it would make it makes for great memes but it's not a realistic uh thing to go by in my opinion and if i'm disney i don't know i don't know what your what would be your real hook in doing that well disney first off they own everything that's that's the real hook and they're always you don't get me wrong you're always looking for content you are and that's why a lot of these streaming services are going to work but don't forget you have disney plus as well you could put NXT on Disney Plus and not have to worry about carrying that on any of your networks. You can move NXT right over to Disney Plus. Boom, there's your streaming service. And Disney Plus, for my money, is one of the best damn streaming services that are out there right now. Peacock sucks. The Peacock app sucks. Universal NBC Universal is a good and it's another good one. They, they already have there. they already have Raw. They already have NXT. They, have they got the they got the Peacock. Yeah. And they all they the only thing they don't have is is uh SmackDown. Fox, I don't think that they would be uh in the running there because like I said, it hasn't really translate well for that deal that they made in 2019. It'll be interesting to see how this stuff plays out and the timetable and everything. Uh, I'm already exhausted by all of it. Basically, the best way I can sum up how I feel about everything since the report that Vince came back was Kevin Owens last night shoving his face into the turnbuckle. Like, that's how I feel uh, about everything about right now. But it, as SP3 said, I'm a content creator first and foremost, and I always root for something to talk about. But I, I, I do think that the company, as far as a creative standpoint, is is in the right is heading in the right direction. It's not perfect and there are things that I want to see ramped up real damn quick. 
Uh, and I will talk about that a lot as we get into the five count coming up here in a little bit. Uh, do appreciate everybody who's tuning in today. Again, apologies that we're not live like we typically are. We will be back live next week, 2.15, uh, to get you guys all up into the chat. Uh, if you guys could like the episode, give us a thumbs up. If you're new to the show, go ahead and hit subscribe. we got a goal to get to 1,000 subscribers this year, and we, we've already picked up a few. So thank you guys uh, very, very much. Uh, SP3, number of names reportedly on their way back uh, to WWE. One person who has been under contract for a while, apparently. Uh, a few people who we have not seen in a couple of months and one superstar who was just recently injured. Uh, the likes of Edge and Beth Phoenix reportedly supposed to be coming back to renew their feud with the Judgment Day, possibly a mixed tag team match at Elimination Chamber. Chelsea Green has apparently been signed for some time and is just waiting on creative. Poor girl. I feel like she's constantly waiting on creative when she's signed with WWE. And as we found out, Johnny Gargano has a shoulder injury, but... He says on Twitter he's hoping to be back in time for the Royal Rumble. Um, your reaction to any of those names uh, returning to WWE TV in the near future? Meh. Um, I'm. I, I think I've seen uh, at this point six hundred forty-seven thousand five hundred and seventy-eight quarterly edge returns so that is the biggest meh of all four of these names to me because I'm, I'm 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 at the point where i'm just numb to edge leaving and then returning and people acting like oh yeah that's a big moment edge is back i'm sorry they all melt together after a while like i don't even care beth phoenix yeah i'm here for it because we all want to see beth and Rhea interact in some way yeah. whether it's one-on-one -on -one in a mixed tag that would be a thumbs up for that one. Chelsea Green, I think she is extremely talented. I think that she could be a great character for WWE, but Triple H re-signing people that has been released has not gone too well too many times in the past five months. So I can't be that excited for her to come back in, in a point where she basically has to go to SmackDown but that's just another person who's not over with this audience going to the SmackDown Women's Division. So it's just like more of the same. It's the, it's the same as Emma and Tegan Knox and all these other women that they brought back yeah. and put on SmackDown that are just not over. And then it's just an overall molasses of people that are not over. There's either people that have been here for just came back and are not over and people that have been here years like Natalia, Sonya Deville, Shotzi that are not over as well. So. I can't be too excited about that. Johnny Gargano, I didn't even know he was gone. So, <laughs> how can I be excited about him expected to return? I think he can have a great role, a great run into the Royal Rumble, but he hasn't lit the world on fire. Like, I literally, like, I was almost like baffled because I told my friend, I usually do the AEW review. I was talking to him off camera about WWE, and he had told, and I was like, you know, Johnny Gargano is one of the people he's brought back, and he's just made him 
main roster babyface number nine. That's all he's done with Johnny Gargano since he's come back. And my friend was like, yeah, I've seen Johnny Gargano. I've seen a couple of matches and I don't see the big deal. And I was like, wait, so you have you seen Johnny? You're talking about you've seen a couple of matches from his previous run. He was like, no, I've seen a couple of matches since he's been back. And I was like, okay, that 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 checks out correctly because he hasn't hasn't had great matches hasn't had really really good matches he's just had matches with the miz and a forgettable match with theory on tv and it's just like you have johnny gargano dude give him 20 minutes with someone who can work give him 20 minutes with mustafa ali give him 20 minutes with Dolph ziggler give him 20 minutes with someone that he could just have a great match so my friend here who's wondering why everybody's like saying that johnny gargano is this great could be one of the top babyface underdogs is the second coming of brian danielson allow him to see that that's that guy they haven't done that yet so out of all these names, like I said, the only one that gets me slightly out, out of my seat is Beth Phoenix. So that that overall arcing concept of what I'd like to see better from Triple H moving forward is, is exactly what you just laid out. I see that Chelsea Green has signed with WWE and is currently waiting on creative. And the first thought that came to my mind was, Oh, well, so is Emma, so is Tegan Knox, so is, you know, Candice LeRae. I love that they're all back. I love that they're on my TV screen every week. But honestly, somebody like a Nikki Cross is got more of a storyline going right now than than any of them. And all she's doing is creeping on people every week. Like that's 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 literally it. Like Emma is back and she and Madcap are a thing and they're getting their ass beat every week. Uh Tegan Knox and and uh, Liv Morgan, are they a tag team? I don't know. I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know if they're a tag team or not. Like, I think they're still teaming up on house shows. But then on Friday, you had Liv Morgan cutting a promo uh, talking about how, you know, she's ready to, you know, go crazy inside of the Royal Rumble. And I'm like, okay, so is that on a holding pattern? I constantly feel like a lot of superstars in WWE are in holding patterns. And they're just waiting. And they're just there. And they're just doing things. And nobody really has kind of a direction. And that's why I'm like, at least Chelsea Green is off of TV right now instead of just, hey, I'm here and I'm doing things. And I'm having matches and I'm losing to Ronda Rousey in 30 seconds. Or I'm losing in six-pack challenges or this, that, and the other thing. So I, I the, all of these women are talented. I want to see more out of them. I felt like it took forever to finally dive into what we're doing with Alexa Bliss. And now they're really starting to ramp that up. And I'm I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I wanted to see more of the interaction between her and Uncle Howdy last night, but at least we're getting there. There's some actual but, development there, but, but it's you and far between. This is my thing that I've been talking about. Though. Look at all the people you named. Those are people that have already been here. Why do the people that he just brought back feel like they've been here for years? Like, like, yo, like, I, I don't even want to see Dexter Loomis on my TV anymore. That's a, that, like, when he's on TV on Raw, I'm turning the channel, I'm going to sleep. Like, that's how I feel at this point now. Hit Row already had to turn heel because they, they didn't get over as baby faces. Karrion Cross debut featured him attacking Drew McIntyre with Roman Reigns in the ring, and now he's feuding with Matt Cat Moss and Emma. Like and he's and he's the holdover feud for Ray before he gets back to Dominic. Like, what? 
Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman's biggest match is coming up on Friday, and they already, they ruined that with the first interaction that he had with Gunther when he made Gunther run away. Like, literally, he's hired back between 20 to 30 people, and the only one that we can 100% say has paid dividends that they actually are executing a plan with is Bray Wyatt. That is that is horrible percentage. One out of 30 is a horrible percentage. And I feel like I'm in an echo chamber because no one's bringing that up. Everyone wants to keep, everyone wants to bring that type of energy to Tony Khan when he went on his signing spree in 2021 and early 2022. And then we're asking why people like Miro and FTR and Andrade weren't used properly and putting the E on Tony Khan and, and, None of that is going on for Triple H. And I, I, I'm just like, what am I the only one watching? No, I feel, I feel, no, no. I feel like you, you, you are watching the same thing I'm watching. <laughs> I feel like the people I do podcasts, which are doing the, are watching the same thing I'm watching. But then I go on social media and it's like, all of y'all are just blowing smoke up. Is like, is he like, he's doing, he's doing the perfect job possible. It's like, no, he's not. Are we watching the same thing? Look, it it tells me two things. One, the honeymoon period is still very much there. It actually, it tells me three things. Two, people are so anti Vince McMahon these days that they will literally say anything is better. Like anything is better than what Vince was putting out. And granted, Vince was putting out bad television on a weekly basis, and it was pretty much the same show every fucking week. Uh, so yeah. I mean, the guy is not got it anymore. Like, literally, we had reports of him saying he would put on rematches because he forgot that he had saw that match a week before. All right, the guy's got a memory, a long-term memory of a goldfish at this point. That's not good. That's not a guy you want running your creative on a week-to-week basis. So I get where people are still in the honeymoon phase. They're going to give Triple H a pass for seemingly a very, very long time. And then the third thing it tells me is, they don't watch these shows as closely as we do. Like, right? Like, they, it's it's on. They wait for their favorites. They'll watch the matches, but they don't follow the storylines on, on a, you know, intricate way. And maybe that's that's good for them because there aren't a whole lot uh, of storylines going on right now. Uh, we'll dive back into that coming up here in a minute. Uh, before we get into the five-count SB3, I did think it, it was very important to bring this up today. Because speaking of of social media, there were oh boy, there were a lot of mouth breathers out there uh, who decided to to say that uh, Sasha Banks, now known as uh, Mercedes Monet, was not was was not going to be a big deal once she left WWE. She was never that good. SP3, she's not a draw. Oh, look at her her debut in New Japan. Didn't get a reaction, even though the crowd wasn't allowed to cheer. She botched her finishing move, even though it was Kyrie's mistake. Uh, anything and everything just to tear this woman down. SP3. I was told all of these things by the internet since she has debuted in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Mercedes Monet has earned them 40,000-plus New Japan Pro Wrestling World subscribers and sold out the show in San Jose, the only match on the card so far, SP3, is mercedes Monet versus Kyrie for the IWGP Women's Heavyweight Championship. Now, now let's, uh, let's, let's, let's be real here. 
uh, I'm not going to credit all 40,000 uh, new subscribers to New Japan World ahead of Wrestle Kingdom to Mercedes Monet. I think the proper correction is that she she bring about 20,000. We'll split it down the middle with her and Kenny Omega. Her and Kenny Omega got the same amount of Google searches. Uh, they, they are big draws. And Kenny, uh, it was uh, the highest, you know, most viewed Wrestle Kingdom. And it just passed uh, what Kenny and Jericho did in 2018. So we'll split that down the middle, but Battle in the Valley and it's selling out with just one match announced and it did have a good percentage of the tickets already out before the match was announced, but a good thousand or so got sold out because of Mercedes Monet. I think it's no question. She's a draw and she's proven that she's a draw even without the WWE platform. So the question now remains is, are we going to see her second stop? on her world tour tomorrow night. So let's dive into this, shall we? It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. So last week's AEW Dynamite was a bit of a confusing one for me, SP3. One, because we got this massive Easter egg in our number one at the time that Soraya's tag team partner for tomorrow night was still a mystery. And it was Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, calling herself the boss and being not subtle at all, giving a big old wink to the camera. Hey, hey, here's what we got coming up. And then in hour number two, Soraya, with all of the disrespect to Hakura Shida, picks Tony Storm as her tag team partner. And then the following day, we get Dave Meltzer with the Wrestling Observer saying he does not believe that Mercedes Monet is on her way to AEW. And one of the weird things to me was Dave talking about how she would at the very least have to sign a three-year deal when we have had people sign per appearances deals with AEW in the past. Uh, um, uh, uh, Matt Cardona is a guy who comes to my mind. He signed a few, didn't sign an exclusive deal long-term contract with them he's had he was on the show six seven times and then he was out and then he's in impact wrestling and doing all of his other things so we have seen people show up for a cup of coffee some big one-off appearances in the lead before so i'm not under not sure where dave is getting that kind of information but from what we've seen from what we've heard sp3 are we buying that tony storm is really soraya's tag team partner on dynamite tomorrow night or is there some kind of swerve in the works in this one I would just say I want to give it a round of applause to Soraya, Tony Storm, and most especially Renee Paquette and Hikaru Shida because that segment was pitch perfect. It was great. Hikaru Shida was the MVP of the entire segment, and she did not say a word. Uh, just, just catching strays. Like... Just her reaction was just perfect, and it just made me even more intrigued. I do buy that Tony Storm is the tag team partner for Soraya tomorrow night. Uh, I think that's why they did announce it on the show, but I would not be surprised at all if the whole thing that started this whole matchup and the build to this match was Britt Baker handing Soraya tickets to the LA form. And I wouldn't be surprised if Soraya then gave those tickets to Mercedes Monet. So if Mercedes Monet is in the front row, 
that makes a whole lot of sense because a lot I know a lot of people were going back and forth if her debuting as a tag team partner in a tag team match would feel like a big deal would be that uh, you know would be the right way to use Mercedes and you know you also have her first big match for New Japan being this main event at Battle in the Valley with Kyrie for the IWGP Women's Championship we don't know what the deal with New Japan is if they said that has to be your first match you can't go to another promotion motion and have a first match there there's a whole other things that i think that we don't know of and not only don't even probably dave Meltzer knows of so i'm gonna say yes i'm buying tony storm to be the tag team partner but no i'm not buying that we are 100 not gonna see mercedes Monet on dynamite in la yeah the the only thing that is I, I am buying that Tony is a tag team partner, and it was very, very smart of them to go ahead and make the announcement because if they had not, they would have carried it over into this week. Everybody would be sitting here, would be excited. Oh, my God, we're going to see Mercedes tonight, and then Tony's music hits, and then what happens? We get the Rey Mysterio Royal Rumble where she gets booed out of the fucking building, and that does nobody any favors whatsoever. So it was very, very smart to go ahead and make this announcement, which this is still a hell of a tag team match, so cool. Sign me up. I'm here for it. Um, but I just go back to Britt Baker dropping that massive Easter egg. And I'm going, what was the point of that? You can't tell me that Mercedes ain't on her way to the company unless, unless Britt Baker is literally just doing a troll job to the crowd or she is sending a message. She is calling out Mercedes saying, get your ass over here because I want to work with you in a not so subtle way. Those are the only two things that I could think of that they would allow, allow that massive Easter egg to drop with it being nothing, without anything coming to fruition. I think we might see Mercedes on the show tomorrow night, but I wouldn't be surprised either way. I do think Tony's the tag team partner, though. And as far as your whole thing with uh, why would, you know, Mercedes need to sign a three-year deal and why can't she do the per appearance like guys like Matt Cardona and others have done in the past, we are living in an AEW post-William Regal world. So, yeah, I if I'm Tony Khan, I'm she not allowing her to appear unless she's signing a con at least a year. I'm, I'm not even saying three years, at least a year. She yeah. needs to sign something because you, you did all that work in establishing William Regal as kind of the, the, the leader of the Blackpool Combat Club, did all that work, and then at the end of the year, he just said, no, peace out, deuces out, and then a couple of weeks later, the guy that fired him is back in the company. So it's just like on both ends, You, I think both, think both Tony and William Regal might be thinking second you having second thoughts about how you know William Regal left AEW to come to WWE I don't know I'm not saying that for sure I'm just saying that maybe that might be another reason why Tony would want her to sign a contract before she appears yeah uh, look I think I think potentially you could work in something like hey we, we have signed you for 10 appearances but you have a WWE non-compete until those 10 appearances are up, right? F maybe FTC maybe. FTC said no non-competes. So I, that's not you stole my thunder. That was just where I was going, man. This is gonna change everything because the FTC is working on canceling non-competes. Now that's gonna get lawsuit out the ass. So the legal process of this is gonna take years before that's actually a thing. But I will say, let's let's applaud the the FTC on that one, because it's almost like they, they the government has finally realized, hey, maybe we should just let people 
have a chance to better themselves. Just a thought, just a, just a playful, playful thought. Because I know a person, somebody personally, who was fired from a job and because of a non-compete wasn't allowed to sign with another company in that market for two years. And they were fired. They didn't leave. They were fired. That's not right. Always read the fine print, ladies and gentlemen. Always read the fine print. Uh, SP3, your girl Ronda Rousey was on her stream talking. Uh, she normally does. And she, she's very candid when she's on her, her gaming stream. And uh, will always say what is on her mind. And after dropping her SmackDown Women's Championship to Charlotte Flair, who uh, is still trying to figure out how to be a babyface. Absolutely hilarious when she went to snatch the championship away from the uh, the referee on Friday and was like, oh, shit, I'm a babyface now. Thank you. Thank you so much. So Charlotte still trying to, to figure things out, swimming upstream there. She figures out how to be a babyface. Still getting a good reaction, though, so uh, we'll see how long that lasts. But Ronda Rousey on her stream says she's kind of done with Charlotte. She's kind of done with that title, meaning the SmackDown Women's Championship, and she wants to focus on the tag team division with Shayna Baszler. Is that the right move, SP3? Yeah, that would be fun. I think that's something that we've all been looking WWE to do for quite some time, and I think that the uh, women's tag team division needs actual tag teams, tag teams. and that, tag would be, that would be nice so we can have a women's tag team, you know, division. Yes. But Ronda yes. being done with the SmackDown Women's uh, Championship and us being mm, probably more than three months away from a draft, man, that doesn't bode well for the SmackDown Women's Division at all. Who is Charlotte supposed to be facing? Sonya Deville some more? Oh, Natalia's about to come back. Yeah, Natalia and Charlotte, we all want to see that. Oh, we've never done Charlotte and Shotzi before. That, that's appeasing. Maybe her and Raquel, that would, that's the only interesting match uh, out of the people that are currently on the SmackDown Women's Division. Like, they need to do some real shuffling. And if Ronda is not involved in the SmackDown Women's title picture come WrestleMania season, I'm very much confused on who the hell Charlotte faces if it's not like someone from Raw, like Becky Lynch coming that's over. Exactly and what, that's, that's, that's exactly who it's going to be. Right now, I think Becky wins the Rumble. She goes over and she faces uh, Charlotte. I, I don't think Becky's, Becky's winning the Rumble at all, especially after last night's Raw. They kind of, they kind of finally just said to me, like, we're listening to you, SP3. Rhea Ripley, we are establishing Rhea Ripley is the favorite here. Yeah, but if Rhea Ripley, let's play devil's advocate here. If Rhea Ripley is going to go up against Bianca Belair, you don't you don't have to have Rhea win the Rumble to challenge Bianca because they're both on the same show. You got to find a way to get Becky over on SmackDown. That's not a simple lazy, oh, hey, we've decided to move Becky over to SmackDown. You but that's what they do. That's do what they do. No, but they Becky shouldn't be doing that. Not win another rumble. I'm just saying. Not, that doesn't sound fun. That doesn't sound appeasing to me at all. And the fact that they are basically telegraphing that Cody might win the the men's rumble, having yeah. Becky win the other one. I'm just like, been there, done that. I'm good. I don't I mean, see how that's exciting at all. And I don't see. Yeah. Nah. I mean, right now, 
the way that the landscape is shaped out, I don't see another match on the card for Charlotte except her and Becky at WrestleMania. However, direction you decide to get there. Becky needs a big match. Charlotte needs a challenger. Those two always do magic together. I don't believe we've seen that one-on-one match at WrestleMania. So why why the fuck not? Why not put that match on the card if Ronda is going to focus on this mat on the, the women's tag team division? Which, yes, 100 percent Ronda and Shayna as this dominant brothers of destruction type tag team in the women's division. Sign me up for it. Problem with that is you put a heel tag team in Shayna and, and Ronda against a heel tag team in damage control. Who gives a shit? Right? You you need it's the same thing. It's the same problem Ronda had as the women's champion. She needed a Batman. This division needs a Batman. It needs a baby fit. Are we supposed to believe that Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox are that team? They already lost to Ronda and Shayna. Like they already lost to damage control. Is, is that the team? Is that is that the team? I don't know. I don't even know if they're still a team. You have a myriad of women that we talked about earlier who are absolutely directionless right now. Can we get freaking, uh, Jesus, what's her name down in NXT right now? Indy Hartwell. Yes. Can we get Indy Hartwell up here and tag her with Candice LeRae? Can we do that? Why not? Seriously, what is stopping you from doing that right now? Instant history, instant chemistry, the mama-daughter relationship type thing from the way. Put them in the tag team division. Have them start winning some matches. The, the, the cold, hard truth of this women's tag team division right now, SP3, is AEW has a bigger and more established tag team division, and they don't have any titles. And Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter versus the Renegade Twins was better than any women's tag team match I saw in WWE in 2022. If I'm WWE, I'm trying to sign the Renegades right now. <laughs> right now. Right now. Right now, you've already sniped a few people away from AEW. Why the fudge not? Or bring up Toxic Attraction. Or bring up anybody from the NXT and form some tag teams. It feels like we've been in this, again, a holding pattern. I love that Triple H wants to do long-term booking and has his eyes on the future. But my man, please. Do some stuff here in the now. You got to do the same things at the same time. You got to focus on the present and the future at the same time. Yes, SP. It's three biggest mistakes. Three was damage control overall. Uh, uh, the booking of damage control, not the concept of damage control. He had no concept. So, yeah, it's everything. It's everything. No, it's everything with damage control. He had no concept. He had no plan. It, it, that was just a mistake. Um, two. Reciting, reciting all these people. Like I said before, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not even including Austin Theory's money in the bank cashing. That's an honorable mention. Uh, and number one, moving the draft. That was his biggest mistake. He should have kept the draft in October. That would have helped him out so much with the people that he was bringing in, that he was putting on different shows. He just thought, oh, if I, if, I, if, I, if I can keep, if I can keep bringing people back, you know, both shows are going to feel fresh. I'll just add people here, add people here. No, you needed a draft to kind of put people in proper places. Everyone has their role on each show. When you have all these people and influx of people that aren't over. 
then you're you're and then you're putting people that you know people are excited to see on one show and then people that people are not so excited to see on the other show one division is going to be weaker than the other and that's why i've been saying for a couple of weeks now triple h has done jack and shit with the women's division since he's got in power well he hasn't done a whole lot with the men's division either outside of this bloodline storyline, which is he's obviously fully invested in and continues to be the best thing that it and, is. And, and can we can we can we firmly establish because I've gotten into arguments about this? Triple all triple H did it's is basically approval upon stuff that's Vince already set up with the bloodline. Like people people have have delusionally forgot that Sammy has been involved with the bloodline since the Vince regime. They act like Sammy just got with the bloodline when Triple H got in power. All he did was focus a little bit more on the dissension of Sammy and Jay. That's the only difference between what Vince did with the bloodline and what he did. That's it. I'm trying to remember back, and again, because uh, we long since established, my memory is not that great. My long-term memory is not that great. I'm trying to remember around that time how involved was Sammy? Because I remember Sammy kind of being there with the Brock and the Roman thing and the, the whole, think about it, kid, you know, angle. I remember that. Dude, dude, I remember us being so excited about Money in the Bank. You made a video about him winning Money in the Bank because he was involved right. in the bloodline right. and he could yeah. win the Money in the Bank to squash. That was, that was when. That was prior to summer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That was the Vince McMahon yeah. era. Like people, people are, have completely led themselves into a delusional road of thinking that Triple H is the one that put Sammy with the bloodline when that is not the facts. Thank you for uh, uh, getting that timeline straight for me. You're you're 100% accurate on that, uh, which is why, because there's one other return that we haven't talked about yet and could potentially, potentially, if done correctly, because she's extremely talented, could be what SmackDown desperately needs. Naomi is expected to return to WWE sometime in the near future. SP3, where is she needed? Where does she fit? She's needed on SmackDown desperately because she is someone that can return and is over with this crowd, as we've seen on multiple occasions when she has been off of television and returned. She's come back to loud pops, whether it be in Raw Rumbles, whether it be on random episodes of SmackDown. Naomi has created a connection with these fans, and they desperately need, and I, and I know some people want her to come back and immediately go with the bloodline, but that is not the move for her right now. SmackDown needs a babyface that is actually over right now desperately and the fact that she can come back and then we don't need all this me and you arguing about becky lynch winning the royal rumble with becky yeah, lynch going on smackdown yeah, because she created magic with charlotte on smackdown in 2022 back in february of 2022 one of the best tv matches that the woman had of that of last year she can come back and immediately be the top baby face to verse charlotte because I think we're all aware that Charlotte is not should not be the babyface champion going into WrestleMania. By that time, we should get the Charlotte that she is most comfortable in being the heel Charlotte against a Naomi. That feels like a, a WrestleMania type of uh, championship match. Yeah, look, if and this is where I'm torn, right? Because if and when Naomi comes back to WWE, I want her to be featured prominently. I want her to be treated like a big deal, which is immediately why I'm sitting here going, Okay, we'll put her ass in the bloodline because she she's guaranteed 
to be booked as a top-level act because one of the things that Triple H has done very, very well with the bloodline is the addition of Solo Sokoa. He seems and feels like a big damn deal. They're starting to build up that he's undefeated. He's a badass. He's a monster. He fits perfectly in there. Adding Solo to that group was a brilliant decision by Triple H and helped give it new life along with Sami Zayn, who was there prior to uh, Triple H taking over. So I'll give Triple H credit for the addition of Solo Sokoa and the way that he has been brought up. So adding Naomi to the group, which is something the fans have long wanted, I think gives her that element of, of bulletproof. Like you're guaranteed she's going to be put in a major way. But if she's the heel and Charlotte is the baby face, you're swimming upstream. That's bass backwards. That's like, oh, I don't know, doing Becky Lynch as a heel when she comes back and Ronda Rousey as a baby face. That is Vince-level booking, and you already fixed it with Becky. I think he would be making a similar mistake by trying to make Naomi uh, a heel in this. I do think eventually Charlotte will go back to her heelish ways, but then, yes, how does Naomi fit in the bloodline when she's a baby face? I think how you do it is that... They should, they should, I, in my opinion, Roman Reigns should not lose the undisputed WWE Universal Championship at WrestleMania. I think that it's too lucrative for WWE, for Roman overall and his legacy for him not to hit a thousand days with this run. And you do that on May 27th. After May 27th, you could literally, the next episode of SmackDown, he could lose the title. I don't care. But let him get to that a thousand range because you could do merchandise. It firmly establishes him in the lore of those names that they're always talking about. You know, stopping it at 938 days by the time he's yeah. WrestleMania, it just doesn't hit the same as him getting to that thousand day run. But after he loses, I think that immediately Solo Sokoa is going to get the message from the elders and Solo and the Usos eject Roman from the group. By that time, if at WrestleMania, if we fit the timeline together, Naomi, a babyface, beats Charlotte. Then you got the, the WWE draft afterwards where they can put people over babyfaces from Raw, like Becky Lynch, like, um, I don't know who else is over besides Becky and Bianca, but, um, but you know, more and more and more people that you're getting over, like a Candice LeRae, stuff like that, over on Monday Night Raw. So then... Naomi can turn heel as the SmackDown Women's Champion, yeah. and then it gives a the whole bloodline a fresh coat of paint because you took you took one champion out who Ow. just lost their title in Roman, and Roman could take a couple of months off, maybe try his hand at Hollywood, and then you have a new bloodline with Solo, the Usos, and Naomi and Queen Naomi. Yeah, absolutely, I love that. I I love that. I, I sign me up for that because who who the hell says? You have to bring Naomi back and immediately throw her into the bloodline, right? She she could be a baby face on, on the surface, and then she could be pulling the strings with Jimmy and Jay to say, nah, we don't need a king. We need a queen to run this bitch and kick Roman's ass out after he no longer has any value to this. That's perfect. I love that. I love that. Put your ass on the creative team. Anyway, um, so you you can sign You're me up. Me this is, let me know. I need to pull out an application. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm fully on board with that. I do think Naomi needs to come back right now and be a solo star and be that Batman to, to Charlotte's uh, Joker uh, and, and move forward that way and present her in a major way. If you want to bring her back as a surprise and have her win the Royal Rumble, I'm cool. I'm down with that as well. Immediately present her as a major star, which, by the way, she should have been for the last six fucking years. 
I got something I got to ask you, SP3. I've been holding off on this. I've been holding off on this amid the rumors and the teases and the little Easter eggs. It's happening, right? Like, it's in motion. It's happening after what we saw last night on Monday Night Raw. The Hurt Business is going to be realigning at some point here in the future. SP3, or excuse me, uh, SP3, MVP talking with, with Lashley. We got uh, Shelton and Cedric are back together, even though they, they lost in the Tag Team Turmoil match last night. Are you willing, SP3, to give the Hurt Business another chance with their return seemingly imminent? A big, fat... No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I saw all these people getting excited. I felt bad being that guy. Being that guy. I saw our good brother from Lost in the Midgard, Matt Black. He was so excited when after that segment. Saw my good friend, Jeremy Lambert, his Mrs. Lambert. She was so excited too. But I had to reply back like, no, no, let's not do that. I'm sorry. And they're like, reply back like, oh, you know, I really liked them. It's a new creative regime. And I'm just like, no, w if WWE ruins something, not once, but twice, I don't understand why y'all fans are begging for it to come back when it's clear as day. They're just coming back to probably lose to the bloodline. Like, what are we excited for? What are we what are we really excited for? So Cedric and, and Shelton, yeah, they just got back together and then they lost. They they got the shortest run in the freaking tar, tag team turmoil. Yeah, they, they're doing real well. Real well, guys. Real well. Oh, it's like, yeah, I need to learn your lesson. <laughs> like, like that's why I'm okay with this this coming. I'm okay. I'm I'm not gonna give them another chance. No, I'm over it. I'm done. I'm done. You you fool me once. Shame on me. You <laughs> fool me twice. Shame on you. You won't fool me again. No, this third time, I know it's not going to be as great as it was the first time. So I'm not giving it a chance, but I will be here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling <laughs> podcast to laugh at every single one of y'all <laughs> when this fails again. I, I want to pull this clip because if it works, I, I want to be here when you eat that humble yeah, pie. Yeah, yeah. I, I will. I will willingly. If if, if it's if it, only if it's better than the first time. Yeah. If, look, it, if, it, if it's just as good, and you know, Lashley becomes champion again, and Shelton yeah. and 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 Cedric are tag team champions again, and an MVP feels like one of the best managers in the business. I will openly and willingly, even if it's just if it's if it's. Okay, if it's the same quality as the first time, I will I will eat humble pie and I will come on here and say, guys, I was wrong. I should have gave Triple Triple H the benefit of the doubt, but I'm sorry. Triple H has he's he's done well with the bloodline. He's done well with Judgment Day. Didn't start out too well with the Judgment Day, but he's done well with the Judgment Day since Dominic turned to it. Because Dominic is the Sami Zayn of uh, Judgment Day's bloodlines. Jeremy Lambert was right about that. Um, he's done good with those two factions. He done good by turning the 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 brawling brutes babyface. He did yeah. good by bringing back Imperium. But this, 
the biggest difference between this and all of those is it has no one from NXT. So I'm not confident in it. I'm not confident. Yeah. You, there is a theme with all four of those tables. Because I just, I just, when, they're, I, they're when, I, when I went through all four of those tables, I was like, NXT person, NXT person, NXT people, NXT people. I was like, what's the difference between those four and her business? There's no NXT people. There's only Cedric, who he gave a contract to and then sent his ass to Tuesday nights on 205 Live. So I'm sorry. So there, there, there's only a few ways that I think, you know, that this works out. One, um, I don't know who reported that Lashley was listed internally as a heel and it was going to be a heel moving forward. Um, Y'all saw the reaction he got last night. Maybe you should reconsider that. Uh, secondly, if he's going to be leading the charge as the head of the Hurt Business, you got to make that group a baby face a baby face group, which I don't believe we really ever saw when they were together. They were like this badass heel team, but let them be the badass baby face team. And yes, Bobby Lashley needs to win the WWE championship. Note. I said the WWE championship, not the undisputed WWE universal championship. There are reports that they are planning on splitting up those titles ahead of WrestleMania. Okay, fine. Maybe Lashley's that which guy will be a mistake. Again, I like I love your idea with Roman Reigns, and I think he should get to a thousand day reign. But he can get to a thousand day reign as a Universal Champion. I don't know how they got to split those belts up, but they need to split them up. It's and the same be thing was convoluted, and it's not going to be good. I uh, whatever it is, I think it'll be better in the long run. Uh, the, I've also heard, or not heard, but I've read reports they're considering just launching a brand new title in its infancy, and I'm like, well, that don't make any fucking sense either. So that would be worse. Uh, you know, whatever, unless you're going to bring back the world heavyweight, I don't know. They got issues. They got to fix that. They, they need to split up those championships. And I've, I've long been against this, but the idea of splitting up the tag team titles doesn't seem like a bad idea right now either. That tag team turmoil match last night was built for the raw tag team championships specifically. So maybe there's plans in the works and then you could have the hurt business win those tag team titles. Bobby could be the WWE champion or whatever championship. Badass babyface group led by MVP. You can let Omos fade back into the ether wherever the hell. I don't remember the last time I saw Omos. Is he still with MVP? I don't know. That's the only way it's going to work. Babyface, and they got to be booked strong, and they got to win shit. Otherwise, it ain't going to work. This is a fun one, SP3, but it is a it is a possibility. Not, not a, long, a long shot, but it is a possibility, SP3. The Jacksonville Jaguars made the NFL playoffs. They won the NFC South. They are the four C. They are taking on the Los Angeles Chargers this weekend. I don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win the Super Bowl this year. And that's not because I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan. I just think they're a little bit early. But they're a team on the way up. Who are the Jacksonville Jaguars owned by SP3? Tony Antoine Khan. Yes, and Shad Khan. They are owned by the Khans. Now, SP3. What does every major sports franchise who wins a championship get in addition to the trophy for their respective championship? What do they get, SP3? Tell them what they've won. A WWE title with the, with the plates of their logo. If the Jacksonville Jaguars win the Super Bowl this year, SP3, does WWE send the cons a world title belt? And what do they do with it? If the WWE <laughs> so chooses to send Tony Khan 
WWE <laughs> world title on Jacksonville Jaguars. That will be on the top of the, the Contron on Dynamite every single week. <laughs> oh, my God. I think if you're WWE, you have to do it. Because I just think it's the ultimate dick slap in the face move to see your team just win the championship and you got players on a championship parade who are holding up the WWE championship. I think if you are Tony Khan, though, you have to find a way oh, to put your own AEW World Championship out there. Yo, you know what you do? You do a Medusa. I you said have... this on Twitter as well. I said this on Twitter as well. You have, you have like the, you have the quarterback man, like, on the stage being like, WWE said this, this title, throw it in the trash. We're <laughs> And you bring out the, the whatever the big Burberry version of the Jacksonville Jaguars AEW world title. I think Tony Khan would do that uh, in a heartbeat. And that if he did do that, I wonder if that would keep WWE from stopping sending other teams this stuff. Maybe it wouldn't, maybe not. It's a great advertisement for them, which is why they do it, obviously. But it does create a very interesting dilemma if this ever does happen. Of course, Jacksonville's never won the uh, the Super Bowl, so we'll see. Stranger things have happened, SP3. And lastly, one for the road here, and uh, I, I, I do say this respectfully, SP3, respectfully. Why is Darby Allen the TNT champion right now? Like, they had a good thing going with Samoa Joe. He goes over Wardlow. He embarrasses Wardlow. He cuts his hair. And then a week later, they have him drop the belt to Darby Allen, clean as a sheet in the middle of the ring. I Respectfully, after 47 days as the king of television, I don't know why they decided to, to cut bait with, with, with Samoa Joe, other than the fact that this is the TNT championship and it's the hot potato title of AEW. Respectfully, I ask, because I don't have a problem with Darby. Why is he the TNT champion right now? Because he needed it. He needed a shot in the arm after Tony Khan did not book him properly for all the whole duration of 2022. He got lost in the shuffle, or if he's not lost in the shuffle, you can find him in the shuffle, tuckly behind Sting, uh, for a full year. So he needed this shot in the arm. It felt like the biggest win that Darby has had gotten since beating Cody back at Full Gear 2020, yeah. and it was in front of that Seattle crowd. So I was totally fine with it. Yes, I'd like you and like many wish that Samoa Joe would have had a longer run with the championship, but Samoa Joe can still be the king of television because he's still the ring of honor television champion. And Samoa Joe is much needed as far as they're going to, if you're going to get people to actually watch this ROH on honor club, Samoa Joe is definitely needed more over there than he is on, on T on uh, AEW television. But in 47 days, Samoa Joe revived the TNT title. He didn't, honestly, his work was pretty much done, in my opinion. He brought back the TNT title. He made it interesting again. He got the dominant win over Warlow, and then Darby Allen beat him, and now they're 1-1. And I don't know about you, but in two matches, I've seen so much joy in Samoa Joe in beating the crap out of Darby Allen than anything he had done since 2015. And yes, I'm going all the way back to 2015. Why? Because that's the year he signed with WWE. I'm sorry. He seemed <laughs> so much more happier beating up Darby Allen than he ever did in WWE, than he ever did. I'll, I'll even go as far back. It's probably the most joy I've seen Samoa Joe in the ring since 2008. 
<laughs> since he won the TN TNA Heavyweight Championship. Like the, the last five years of his TNA run, he did not seem happy as he does beating the crap out of Darby Allen. And they just feel like the perfect type of uh, rivals for one another. So I'm totally fine with Darby and Joe continuing this feud a little bit longer. And I'm totally fine with Samoa Joe feeling like, or Tony Khan feeling like Samoa Joe had done the work. And already the TNT Championship seems like it's on a still on the same good foot because on Rampage, you had a really good matchup between Mike Bennett and Darby Allen in front of a hot Portland crowd. And if you're going to put Darby as TNT champion on Rampage, maybe we're going to see the continued success of Rampage ratings seem like they're on an uptick while Dynamite has been on this weird trend. Yeah, Dynamite has been on a weird trend right now. Um, I, Again, I think my biggest issue with this is 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 Wardlow and you you talk about you know the the TNT championship feeling revived that has to do with the fact that they basically part they gave it to Wardlow when he was peak white hot and then parked it like he really didn't do a whole lot with it and they didn't really capitalize on the momentum that they had with Wardlow and now he loses to Joe he gets his hair cut by Joe flat out embarrassed by Joe feels like there's more meat on that bone to continue with that and then it's like nope we're just going to go ahead and move right on to this i don't know what this but, means but because he cut his hair that means it's now personal it doesn't need True. the championship to continue that rivalry that he whenever he comes back if he is going to still be a baby face i would expect that his first rival would be samoa joe and that doesn't need the tnt championship and i'll be honest they didn't put the title on him when he was red hot off at, you know, going into double or nothing, coming out of double or nothing, and then they put a big bucket of cold water on him by having him feud with who was the TNT champion at the time, Scorpio Sky, because Scorpio and Sami Zayn and their feud ruined the TNT championship. So yeah. they then gave him that title to bring it back up. And he just wasn't ready for that responsibility. He's not the performer that Samoa Joe is, where Samoa Joe had it. I think like a full two months shorter than Warlow, but he did a lot more in his 47 days than Warlow did from July to November. All right, SP3, what you got going on this week on the True Hill Heat channel? Check it out, True Hill Heat YouTube channel. We got True Hill Heat uh, 208 on Saturday, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. Special guest is going to be Rich Fan of PW Torch. You can check out last week's edition of True Hill Heat, True Hill Heat 207 with myself, Romeo, and Benno. We talked about the whole Vince coming back. We went in depth about Wrestle Kingdom as well as some stardom action from the end of uh, 2022. So some really good stuff on the YouTube channel right now. And then tonight you got the NXT watch along NX3 and then tomorrow night you got AEW Dynamite watch along and I'll be back on the channel on Thursday to review Dynamite with Jimmy Macaron. All right guys, we appreciate you tuning in. Give us the thumbs up there. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Really helps uh, drive up our audience. We appreciate you guys so much. SP3 and I will be back. Uh our next show is going to be Tuesday uh live 2:15 where it normally is barring any unforeseen circumstances. I'm going to be out of town a lot this week. Uh so we're not going to get to do our second show. Don't forget to check out Lost in the Mid Card as well with Jeremy and Matt. Uh Monday at 7 o'clock, the pre-show to Monday Night Raw, which next week is in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm hoping 
It is a glorious Monday on the heels of the Cincinnati Bengals, just pistol whipping the Baltimore Ravens and moving on in the NFL playoffs. Otherwise, that is going to be a very rough Monday night raw because, you know, every heel is going to be just shitting on the Bengals after they lose. And it's going to be a rough night for Angelo Dawkins uh, as well, because, you know, Montez Ford is going to give him shit, even though the Chicago Bears have the number one overall pick for the first time since 1947 regardless should be a good show i'm looking forward to talking about it with you guys live uh on uh tuesday so for sp3 i'm rick uccino this has been the believe in pro wrestling podcast brought to you by bet online thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.